Bibles to Psalm 81. Psalm in chapter 81. Had a wonderful time. I got to go out the entire time this year with the young people and uh, act like a crazy kid. And uh, man, that was great. That truly was. And, uh, they asked me never to come back again, so apparently I was too good at it. Uh, no, I just had a wonderful time. Ate myself into obesity. Man, Matt and Tara and Roger and Stephanie just kept cooking food. I kept eating it. I, you know, I, I want to make sure it's safe for the kids. I really do. You know, I care about them. And, uh, oh, I just had a wonderful time. We did and had such, such a great group of uh, young people. And I had a great group of, of adults who came out and just helped. And teenagers did a wonderful job as well. Psalm chapter 81. Let's go ahead and stand in reverence to the Word of God. Psalm in chapter 81. The Bible says, uh, verse 1, sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel. If thou wilt hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. Verse 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning, and God, I, I ask you for, uh, Lord, your, your wisdom and your counsel and your understanding, Father. I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch each and every heart in here today. God, I ask that if there's one person in this room today who's without Christ, that today would be the day of their salvation. And Father, I ask that they not walk out of this building without getting that settled forever as far as heaven is concerned. Father, I do pray for those, and I believe they're in the majority today, who claim the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that our hearts would be stirred. And God, they'd be more than stirred. Father, I pray that action would be taken and your word would be acted upon and lived after. Father, I pray that this area would see a group of people who sincerely and truly desire to follow you. And Lord, we honor you with our lives. I pray that that would be the case. And Father, that this church would be a shining light. It would be a testimony to this area that so desperately needs Jesus Christ. Father, I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. The last couple of weeks, uh, I've been talking to you 
about the importance of living intentionally as a Christian. And uh, folks, I, I pray that you understand that. Um, the Christian life is not something that happens by accident. It doesn't. We too many times expect it to be so. We expect God to somehow miraculously uh, just pretty much take our hands and our feet and make them go where they're supposed to go. God doesn't do that. Now, we have a God of miracles. We serve a God that is, is supernatural. We serve a God that is all-powerful. But, but God did give us a free choice and a free will. And he does not make us do the things that he asks us to do. He lets us decide that. And I was telling a couple of our young people this week, if I was God, you wouldn't have a choice. Okay? If I was God, and I thank God I'm not, amen, you can praise the Lord for that as you leave the auditorium today, I would not give my creations an opportunity to defy me in any way. But our God did when he created us. He created us with the ability to say yes or no and to act thereupon. So understand that we, we, we must live intentionally if we're going to serve God. This sermon this morning is a very simple one, and it is very basic, yet so necessary to the successful Christian walk. The message this morning fits into the context of the last two weeks of living intentionally. The Christian life is to be one of purpose and of definition. It is to give me a reason to live and to die. It is to give a goal in my life that I can strive for and that I can attain to. What I want to do today and what I'm seeking to grasp hold of is to break this thought down to a level where even the most immature person in this room today can comprehend living intentionally for Christ. Along the way, I hope to, such, I hope to catch some of you self-proclaimed geniuses. Understand, all right? We, we too many times in Christianity, we've tried to make walking with God and living the Christian life incredibly complex. We tend to really, we, we major on the things that are so minor and we minor on the things that are so major. And what we really need to do as far as our Christian walk, our Christian life, and, and I think that sometimes we, we as pastors almost do a disservice to the Christian life. We, we, we kind of talk about the Christian walk and living for the Lord and, and we've segmented certain areas of life to Christianity. But friend, I'll tell you this today, there is no part of life that is to be segmented away from Christianity. Christ is supposed to be evident in all walks of life. He should be shown in our church life. He should be shown in our family life. He should be shown in our business life. God's work in us should be evident to all people at all times. And understand that. And we, well, we've got to break this, thought, this thing down because in, in so many instances we have made the Christian life complex when God said it's really not that hard to understand. Now, I do grasp the simple fact that at times it's very hard to implement. I do understand that it goes against our very nature to walk as Christ would walk. Amen? Yes? You ever stub your toe in the middle of the night and the thoughts and the words that come to your lips are not what Christ would have you to say. Amen? I mean, I understand that. I understand that living the Christian life at all times is difficult. But the concept and, and the simplicity is there as far as God is concerned. And so this morning, I want to I present a very simple sermon, but I pray that you listen and that the Lord will use it to touch your heart. This, this psalm is, is, 
is kind of a different psalm. It, it, it starts with praising the Lord and it, it ends with why aren't you serving the Lord? A lot of times they'll be flipped, that order. It'll start out with why aren't you right with God and then at the end of the psalm, the psalmist is praising God for his goodness. This psalm doesn't start that way and it doesn't end that way. What it tells us though, and I don't want to take time to read it all again. If you haven't read your chapter for the day, we got it out of the way a couple minutes ago, Psalm 81. But I want to make some statements here. Number one, God's been good to us. In this psalm, we see God stating or making his case to Israel. Now, I'm not trying to say that the born-again Christian is Israel, but we have been grafted into the tree. And I believe that a lot of truths that were to Israel and to the promised nation are also given to us. And this is, uh, this is one that will fit perfectly today. I want to say this. God has been good to us. Understand that. You say, well, well, Pastor, I don't think God's been very good to me. Do you understand that in all honesty, if all truth were told, that every single one of us right now deserves to be burning in hell? The first sin that I committed made me worthy to perish forever in an eternity separated from God in torment in the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. Understand that. You say, well, well, Pastor, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a big house. We don't have a lot of the, 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 the nicer things in life. Brother, if you're not burning in hell today, God's been good to you. And understand that if all God's ever given you is salvation, God has been good. And, and I can say this beyond all shadow of a doubt, just by nature of you being here this morning, just by nature of the clothes you're wearing, God's been more than good to us. He's given us far more than just salvation. Now, praise God for salvation. But brother, God's been good to us. And in this psalm, he tells Israel, he says, Israel, I've been good to you. He said, Israel, I, I've taken care of you. Israel, I, I've watched out for you. Israel, I've been good to you. And Christian this morning, would you understand God's been good to you? Secondly, God has delivered us. God has delivered us. He says to Israel, he says to Israel, I, I took you out of the land of bondage. He said, I took you from slavery in Egypt and I made you a free man in Canaan. And today, praise God, God pulled us out of, out of slavery to sin and he has made us a free man in Christ. And boy, thank God today, God has delivered us. What a beautiful truth. And I look at this and, and it's majestic and it's powerful and it's beautiful. God has delivered us. I mean, look at what, what Christ has done. I mean, look at what, what Christ has delivered us from. I mean, some of you in this room, once upon a time, you were a drunkard, but God has delivered you. Once upon a time, some of you in this room, you were addicted to narcotics, but God has delivered you. Once upon a time, some of you, your marriages were falling apart, but God has delivered you. Some of you in this room, your child's heart was hard and was rebellious, and God has healed that and has brought that child back. God has delivered us. And this morning, I want us to understand, before we even get to the crux of the message, God has been good to us, man. God has delivered us. And that's the statement he's making to Israel here. He's saying, people, don't you see what I've done? He said, I've been good to you. He says, secondly, I've delivered you. Thirdly, God has provided for us. God has provided for us. Israel complained constantly that's how I know people are no different today than they were back then because don't we complain constantly yes 
I mean, honestly, how, how many of you had to go out to the barn this morning and hook up the team of horses and pull the old wagon out and say, well, kids, we're going to ride to church and get something to throw over you because it's going to be a wet morning. No, every single one of us today rode to church in a covered vehicle, amen? I mean, we, oh, weren't we bitter as we opened the door and those raindrops hit us on the head and we had to walk 30 feet to the, 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 the carport? Oh, it's terrible, and I know it because I did the same thing. But folks, I want you to understand this morning, God has provided for us, has he not? I mean, every single one of us this morning, we ate breakfast if we wanted to. Might not have been the best breakfast, might not have been the greatest breakfast, but brother, we had breakfast if we wanted it. Now, I know some of you didn't eat breakfast because you didn't get up in time, amen? You said, honey, we got to go to church. I know that feeling, but God has provided for us. He has. He's taken care of your needs. Young people, God has taken care of your needs. Adults, God has provided for us, has he not? And see, what I, what I see here in this psalm is God is building a case in Israel. He's ready to, 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 to a certain extent to kind of get on Israel's case, but he's building something here. He says, Israel, I've been good to you. I've been good to you. And Christian today, God's been good to you. He's delivered us. Man, God has delivered you. Thirdly, God's provided for you. Fourthly, God is worthy of our trust. God is worthy of our trust. In this psalm, God says, hey, Israel, he said, I am worthy of your trust. He says, look at everything I've done. You should trust me. And Christian today, so many of us, our faith is so weak and, it, and it's almost non-existent as far as our walk with God and our Christian life is concerned. And my friend, it's not because God has not earned our trust. God has. God has earned our trust. God has never let you down. God has never let me down. God has never failed anybody in this room ever. God has earned our trust. And let me say this. He is God. He doesn't have to earn our trust. And yet in this psalm, what he's building up to is he said, Israel, I've been good to you. Israel, I have preserved you. Israel, I have delivered you. Israel, you should trust me. And Christian, today, may I say the same thing to you. You should trust your God. You should trust your God. We sit back with that, that skeptical look and we say, well, I just don't know if I agree with God on that. Brother, I'm going to tell you right now. God has more than earned our trust. It's time some of us throw that skeptical look out the window and we stop looking at the Bible with that little quizzical thought and say, well, well I, just, I just don't. Brother, God has earned your trust. You just do what God has told you and led you to do and you let God worry about the rest. Far too many Christians today are sitting at the, at, the, at, the, at the intersection of indecision and are saying, well, I just, I just, I just, brother, just go. Just do what God has told you to do. But number four, God is worthy of our trust. Brother, not a single one of you, men, women, or children, could have come up behind this platform today and say, let me tell you about a time that God failed me. You can't. Every time we've honored God in our life in an area, God has provided. He has. God has delivered. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God has been good. God is worthy of our trust. Fifthly this morning, and this is where I want to get to, God desires to do more and to bless us more in our lives. Israel as a nation became very powerful. 
they became a people who were not a people. They, they, they became a nation of power when they were once upon a time a nation that had literally no power. God took Israel and took them out of the miry pit and he set their feet upon a rock and he established their goings and he exalted them highly and Israel had the audacity when they got lifted up in their hearts to put false gods in place and say, God, we no longer need you. And Christian today, God has been good to you. God has delivered you. God has taken care of us. And yet, you know what many of us have done? We've taken and put false gods into our life. See, folks, the sad thing is, is God didn't want to be done with Israel. The problem is, Israel was done with God. God looked down to Israel and said, folks, I desire to do so much more with your life. Israel, I desire to take you and to magnify you and to multiply you and to give you great power. And as you read through the last six verses of this chapter, you see the incredible blessings that God desired to give to his people. And my friend today, I, I want to tell you this, and I'm not trying to tell you that when you serve Christ, it's going to be following the yellow brick road. I'm not trying to tell you that all your problems are going to be gone and all your money issues will be solved. What I am telling you is that God desires to bless your life and and to use you in an incredible way. God wants to take us and to make something fantastic out of us. But God's people aren't getting on the bandwagon. I said God's been good to us. Nobody can argue with that. I said God has delivered us. And if you're born again today, <laughs> he's delivered you. And, and can, I, can I just, let me back up for a second. My friend today, maybe you're here and you're considering Christ today. You've never been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're sitting in this auditorium and you're here today and you're asking the question, should I accept Jesus Christ? May I tell you, my friend, God has been good to his people, but God has also been good to those who are not his people. Do you understand that? We got too many people saying, well, 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 God only blesses his people. Brother, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The simple fact that you're alive and that you're breathing is a simple fact that God has been good to you. And my friend today, don't you dare reject Christ and stick your little bony finger in the eye of God and say, I have no problem rejecting you. Don't you dare. My friend, you be very careful of that. God's been good to you. And don't you, nobody in this room can walk out today and say God hasn't been good. But I said God has delivered us and God has provided for us. I said number four, God is worthy of our trust. I say number five this morning, that God desires to bless us more. In verse number 10, of Psalm 81, he says this. He says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Corey, where are you at? Corey, come on up here. Let Corey out. I need his help. Corey, you sat right in the middle. I told him before the service, I'm going to need your help. So he sat right in the middle and he hid. Corey, now I need you to come up here and I need you to shut your eyes. All right? Get up here and shut your eyes. 
Now, you guys know Corey. Corey's a, he's going to graduate in a couple months. By the grace of God, Corey's going to make wise decisions as far as his future is concerned. I'm proud of Corey. I think the world of this young man. The Lord's really done something in his life. God's been good to this kid. God's delivered this young man. God's provided for this young man. God has earned his trust. Amen? God wants to bless him more, though. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration here in a moment, and I want you to follow what I'm doing. I'm going to try to illustrate very practically verse number 10 for you. Now, Corey, you, you're, if you open your eyes, I'm going to slap you, okay? If you don't open your eyes, I won't slap you. Now, you make him scout's honor, all right? Keep an eye on him, all right? Now, folks, I'm going to try to illustrate something that is so practical, but we miss it. We absolutely miss it. And this morning's message is not a normal message. I don't pray, preach this way often. Awesome. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. You guys are such a blessing. Kill me. But what I do desire here is to show you something. Because this is the problem with us Christians. Corey, I want you to tilt your head back as far as you can. Just some jump back. Now, Corey, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to open your mouth wide. And, Corey, I got something in my hand. And, Corey, I'm going to fill it, your mouth. Now, folks, here's what happens. Understand this. God says, I've been good to you. God says, I've delivered you. God says, I've provided for you. God says, I've earned your trust. God says, I want to bless you more. God says, open your mouth. Now, Corey, open your mouth. Now, I've known Corey since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. This, we were talking about the other day. Corey's come to our church now for 12 years, man. He's been in our Christian school for, for the last eight years. God has blessed Corey. God has used me to be a blessing to Corey. Uh, Corey and I have done a lot of things together. We've worked together, man. I've, I've gone through some things with this young man. I've earned Corey's trust. Corey, open your mouth. Come on, Corey. <laughs> Corey, that hurts my feelings. Now, Corey, just put, open your eyes, put your hands out. Now, Corey, take those back and eat them, share them with the people you're sitting in between. Now, folks, I, I, want, I want you to understand something. That is exactly what we do to God. You say, God, how come you're not blessing me? That's, that's exactly that's. Let me just get real spiritual here for a second. That is exactly what Corey does. After he's done and he walks away, he says, how, how, how come you're not being good to me, Pastor? I was trying to be, Corey. I was trying to be. I was trying to be, Corey. And Christian today, we look to God and we say, God, how, how come you're not taking care of me? How come you're not doing more? God, you bless that person, you bless that person. And don't we have our little lists, amen? We may not have them out on paper, but we got them in our minds. And we look and we say, see, God, you did that for them, and you did that for them, and you did that for this person. You took care of my brother there, and you did that. And God, how come you don't bless me? God says, open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. In verse 11, he says, but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me, so I gave them up to their own heart's lust, 
and they walked in their own counsels. You see, my friend, if you study this psalm, God says, I would have blessed you with the finest of the wheat. He said, I would have brought honey out of a rock. He said, I would have provided for you. I would have blessed you. I would have lifted you up. I would have honored you. I would have given you power over your enemies. The kings of the world would have knelt down and bowed to you. But I gave you up to your own heart's counsel. And you walked in your own lusts. I want to just give you three applications, and I'm going to be done today. I'll be short. Application number one. We receive nothing when we do not open at all. Corey got absolutely nothing in his mouth because he didn't open wide. Well, 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 I, I, what, what, what are you going to do, God? What are you going to do, God? What are you going to do, God? God says, I'm not telling you. See, little shepherd boy, David, go tend the flock, David. But, but Dad, I want to join the army like a lie of my big brother is. I want to I be a big, mighty, great soldier. Go watch the sheep, David. But, Dad, you don't understand. I mean, he, he's joining it, and I could lie about my age, and, Dad, I could become a part of the army, and I could advance through the ranks, and I could become a great man one day. No, David, go watch the sheep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Samuel came to Bethlehem of Judah, and he found Jesse. Jesse had... Eight sons, I think seven of them are mentioned in the Bible. Samuel looked at every one, and through the Holy Spirit of God said, No, it's not him, 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 no, it's not him. Jesse, do you have any more children? I mean, literally. I mean, he went through the whole family, and Jesse had son number eight in the fields watching the sheep. It never occurred to Jesse as a father that God could take his son David and make him the next king of Israel. But brother, I'm going to tell you something this morning. God took little shepherd boy David and filled his mouth wide. Well, God, that's not fair. When you open, not at all, you receive nothing. And Christian today, some of us are angry at God. Some of us are bitter at God. And we've gotten so weary and so frustrated. I, I just, I'm tired of this Christian life. When you open, not at all, you receive nothing. Second application, we receive little when we open little. You know what some of you would have done? You'd have come up here and kind of opened that mouth just a tiny bit and waited until I put something on your mouth. Then you shut it real quick and kind of made sure it wasn't poisoning you. And made sure you would, wouldn't you? I know how we are, yes? You say, well, 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 I mean, you, you the pastor, you don't understand. No, folks, what, I, what I'm trying to get to you is God's been good to us. God has delivered us. God has provided for us. God is worthy of our trust. God wants to bless us more. And today we say, well, well, God, how come you're not doing more in my life? Brother, your mouth's not open very wide. So when you open little, you receive little. Thirdly, we get it all when we open wide. We get it all 
when we open wide. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I really want all God has for my life. I don't think that's selfish. I don't think that's proud. I don't think that's arrogant to say that. I really don't. I want all God has for my life. God looked down at Israel, and Israel had broken God's heart because Israel had said to God, God, we're satisfied with ourselves. We're fine now. God, you have been good to us. God, you have delivered us. God, you have provided for us to this point. But God, from here on out, we're on our own. We got it. And Christian today, I look at a lot of people. God's done some special things for, amen? He's brought salvation to your life. He's healed a broken marriage. He's healed a broken heart. He's, he's, he's brought back a rebellious child. He's given you a job where you are employed, where you can provide for your family. God has been so gracious and been so kind and has been so good. But you know what happened? We got to a point where we were self-sufficient. Hey, we got through that school. We graduated. Now we're somebody. Now we are on our own and we say, God, <laughs> got it from here. No, my friend. I want all God has for me. And we only get it all when we open wide. So many Christians today are malnourished and ill-fed. And it's ridiculous. But it has nothing to do with God or His promises that are in His Word. God's offer still stands. And my friend today, I don't care who you are, I don't care where you sit, I don't care what your last name is, I don't care what your upbringing was, I just want you to know this, that if you will just open your mouth wide and you will put your faith in an eternal, everlasting God that loves you and cares for you and has proved it time and time and time again, if you would just put your faith and your trust in that God that cares for you, God says, you open wide and buddy, I will fill you up to the point where you cannot comprehend how good God is. And my friend today, I wish that you and I would just look up to heaven and say, God, I don't know what you have planned. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. God says you don't see what's coming up ahead. Hey, David, you don't know what's coming down the hill, buddy. You're a shepherd boy. You're a tender of the sheep. You're a nobody as far as the whole nation's concerned. But David, because you open your mouth wide, buddy, I'm going to fill it. My friend, you study that book. The book of Esther is about a little girl in a foreign land that becomes the queen of the whole stinking nation. Why? She opened her mouth wide. You say, but, but Pastor, you, you don't understand the problems that I have in my life. Just open wide. Just open wide. You say, but, but Pastor, I mean, I, do, do you really expect God to do that with me? I do expect God to open, if you open wide, to fill that thing. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I'm not saying it's going to be exactly what you think. What I am saying, I think it will be better. 
And friend, this morning, I just wish we'd grasp the importance because in this passage, in those, in those last six, seven verses, when God says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it, he looks at his people, Israel, and he says, I would have. I wanted to bless you more. I wanted to give you more. I wanted to increase your boundaries. I wanted to make you a more powerful nation. And my friend, today, God's desire for us that are his children is for us to have our lives blessed by God so that when we look to heaven we say God you're good and I'll open wider my friend this world needs to see some Christians who just open wide and say God ah fill it the title of my message this morning is you have not because you receive not we all know the verse that says you have not because you ask not. But my friend, you have not because you receive not. I was trying to give Corey a blessing. And peanut M&Ms are a blessing. But he wouldn't open his mouth. And my friend today, I wonder what you and I are missing. Because we look up to heaven and we say, mm-mm. God says, open wide. Mm-mm. God says, follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're as bratty as that little three-year-old at the doctor's office when the doctor says, now, little Johnny, open wide. Mm-mm. We are, and we know it. Three applications this morning. You get nothing when you do not open at all. You get little when you open little. But, brother, you get the whole truck when you open wide. And my friend today, The problem is not with our God. The problem is, as it always has been, with his stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-hearted people. Say, Pastor, I took that personally. Well, good. Because that's what we are. We tell God all the time, God, you, you show me and then I'll follow. God, you prove to me. God says, I already did. He said, I already earned your trust. He said, I don't need to prove anything else to you. Open wide. And my friend this morning, would you just purpose in your heart to open wide and say, God, fill it. God, fill it. You look at the last verses of that chapter. You take that home today. You read it. You study it. You tell me if I'm not wrong. My friend, God wants to do something. God wants to use your life. God wants to magnify what you can do. But he says, open wide. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. My friend, today I've, I've not said much concerning salvation. I've referenced it. If you are here today and you've never accepted the gift of Jesus Christ... I would beg you during the invitation or even after church if, 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 if it needs to be. Please just come by and, and get my attention. Shake my hand. Just tell me you need to talk. Come down to the altar. Whatever it may be. My friend, don't you leave here without knowing for sure. Because God tells you that heaven's your home. Don't, don't you rely on a man's word. You rely on God's word and God's word alone. It's the biggest decision of your entire life is your eternal destination.
And I promise you, if you accept Christ, you will be born again. You will be saved. God tells you that. I can show you. I can give it to you. Christian, can I just ask you today, how wide is your mouth open? Pastor, I wouldn't want anybody to think I'm a religious fanatic. I think David was okay with it, and he did fairly well. <laughs> I mean, look down through the annals of time. God's taken some regular people, some nobodies, some people with problems, bad problems, big problems. He's taken them and used them in a way that's unbelievable. Because they just said, okay, God, where I am right now in my life, I'm going to open wide. God said, I'll fill it. I'll fill it. And he did, and he does, and my friend, he will again. We got to open. If the Lord's laid something on your heart today, the piano and the organ are beginning to play, and when they do so, I'd encourage you to come to the altar. Well, folks, it's been a very simple sermon today. I do think if it's one that we take as God intended us to take it, I think it'll do something in our hearts. Too many Christians today, good people, solid people, man, salt of the earth. But let's face it, the mouth isn't open very wide anymore, is it? Well, Pastor, you know, I tried. You know, once upon a time, God did do some. Yeah, I know, but you got your false gods in the way. And God says, I'll give you up to your own heart's lust, your own counsels. God is a gentleman. God will not force you. He will not make you. He just gives you a choice. He says, if you open wide, he says, I'll fill it. 
I love that passage. I love the passage for the promise. I don't like the passage because of the result of Israel. God says, I would have. I don't ever want my life to be a would have. I want my life to be a God did. I, I, I'm not, please, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up about their past. Don't, don't you, don't dare for a second go there. If you do, that's a Satan, okay? God doesn't bring up your past. My friend, from this point forward, determine in your heart to say, God, I'll open wide. And I believe you can do anything. Let's go ahead and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Folks, come back tonight if you can. I'm going to be preaching just to our church about, uh, well, just about some things the Lord's laid in my heart. But I'd love to have you be back here uh, this evening.